When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, uh, yeah. Who's got the vibe on deck, bro? Four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams are losing. So here we go. Deep Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos. Podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. What up, everybody? This is Sports and Things. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. With me, as always, the fellas, Jay Hill, Trey Ely, John Lane. What's up, fellas? What's up? What up? Hey, what up? This is the podcast, and we talk about sports and things. We are musicians who love sports, and we love to talk about them. That being said, we're going to start the show with uh, John talking about something that happened to him this week. Um, it's nothing, you know, super crazy. It might be a little chuckly. I got a phone call from Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Oh, no. Dark yeah, Horse is back. They Did called they have me. Your car? <laughs> no, hell no. They called me, um, I think it was uh, Sunday. No, Saturday. And they're like, hey, uh, Mr. Le, he, st- he still sounded like he had just lost the first round of the playoffs to the Wizards. He was like, uh, Mr. Lane, I just wanted to make sure that you got your refund. Please call me back. So I immediately called him back and he didn't answer the phone. <laughs> it was like the it was like the uh the other receptionist. And I was like, yeah, can I please speak to whatever his name was? And I heard I could hear his voice in the background, but it sounded like he was telling her, nah, tell her, tell her, tell, tell her I'm not here. Tell her I'm not here. I just left. Nah, and then she came back, she came back to the phone. She's like, oh yeah, he's, he's busy right now. But can I take a message? I was like, oh yeah, just tell him I'm returning his phone call. And that, yes, I did get my full refund. And I definitely appreciate uh, him uh, working with me to get that back. And never call me again. No. But <laughs> when you were the crying for service. <laughs> when you get that store credit. 
We got some new windshield wiper braids in. If you want, if you want to <laughs> check them out. <laughs> but that's it. That's wow. it. that's basically it. Okay, that's, that's I, I have a meme that I received uh, that I can talk about. So, so I didn't create this, uh, <laughs> but someone texted me a meme of uh, Joe Jackson and Ike Turner. <laughs> In uh, a versus, you know the verses that they right, did. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And the caption was, "Who had the most hits?" Damn. <laughs> Yo, that's not funny at all. Damn. But it's yeah, funny. it's bad. It's bad. Yo, you know what's funny? Have you you guys have seen um, Black Dynamite the cartoon, right? Yeah. You remember the episode of Black Dynamite the cartoon when he had um, it was like Michael Jackson was from outer space. And then they show in the opening scene, you hear the kids. Yeah, we talked about it in the first episode. But the, you remember the kids getting beat? You, you yeah. You hear the kids getting beat? And you <laughs> yeah, think we, it's we Joe? Talk, we talked about it in the first episode, yep. Yeah, it was Michael. It's like, Joe wasn't beating nobody. So I think Ike gets it just because it was actually Mike that was beating kids. <laughs> he was beating kids. <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. When his nose fell off, I was like, yo, come on, man. That's just, that's just too much, man. It's like... Might look like the alien off of um, <laughs> off of ET when he finished with us. Like, <laughs> what is happening, man? Oh it's my god! Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I have anything that that was super funny that happened. I did this week. Interestingly enough, since everything's going to streaming or like like video, we, we I had to do a um, I had to do a recording this past Monday for the CBC Congressional Black Caucus for BET, but everything is on like streaming now. So like you don't get the whole, like instead of like doing like an award show or something like that, you got to like do it in the comfort of your own space. And while we were taping, the cops showed up and uh, <laughs> the cops came in. It was like 8 p.m. on a Monday. It was a Monday, 8 p.m. on a Monday or whatever day it was. And the cops came in, they knocked on the door. And the first, it was, it was a black and white cop, a two uh, black and white officer. And they said, uh, we got noise complaints. And we were over by Capitol Hill. So we're over um, close to the White House. And they're like, you know, we got noise complaints that, you know, there was something going on. A couple of neighbors complained. And uh, we asked, like, how many neighbors called in? He was like, like three. And he was like, oh, okay. But the cops said, we can't tell you guys to stop because the noise ordinance is at 10 o'clock. So we really yep. just came to see what y'all were doing. Like, yep. we wanted to see what was going on. My man, he plays guitar. If y'all need a guitar player, oh my god, <laughs> it was like, here, wow. hold my pistol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, wait a minute, what was the name of the? You remember the? What was the name of the cops band? The cops used to have a band back in the day. They used to come to all the schools and stuff. It wasn't called side by side band. Maybe it was called a side by side band. Never heard of them. They were, they. I remember they used to come to like elementary schools in in the district and like do shows. And it was like all cops and they play like go go. But I thought that was pretty interesting. That one, the people called the cops thinking that the cops are going to stop us and the cops came in. And the crazy thing is like, when you walk into the, the, the area, it looks like a scene from Dexter's because it's all this plastic everywhere. So it looked like a murder scene. <laughs> so they walk in like, what are you guys doing in here? <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, we just playing music, man. Like, it's cool. It's cool. Sure. <laughs> <That's a drummer. laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Where's the drummer? He's under the steps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's the crazy thing that happened. I guess crazy and or funny thing that happened to me this week. So yeah, that's that's how we'll start. And um, so let's move on to uh, local sports. Outside the Lines is going to air this Sunday at 5 p.m. The uh, episode about the Washington football team where they discuss the cultural issues and 
in and surrounding the the, the um the franchise and the owner Daniel Snyder. Now, I want to get you guys take on what you think is going to come out of that. I know they interviewed at least four people. Uh, Dan Snyder released uh, non disclosures of of the staff, the past staff that they let go of, and four of them were interviewed on camera. So, let me get you guys take. Let's start with Jay Hill. <laughs> Well, I think um, now that they're out of the NDAs, I think what it what it really still we're still going to see who's scared of him. I think that's the big thing because I think people are still scared of him because they know he has power, he got money, he got influence. So it's just a matter of how truthful are you willing to be. Um, or how much you gonna risk? Cause you got people that was even before all of this, like, I don't care. He don't, you know, he don't run my life. I'm gonna tell y'all what happened when it happened, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's still gonna be interesting. Cause like they said, it's not, it can't really be a, a conspiracy thing when there's like 40 plus people. Like there's no real, like we out to get him. Cause it's six of us together. No, it's way more than that. So it's gonna be interesting. John, man. I really don't know. This is so convoluted and it's so, so many levels. It's so stacked. I just, I feel like they're making this more difficult than it is. Uh, You know, a a lot of, it's not at the point right now where there is enough evidence to dethrone Dan Snyder. It's going to take a lot to dethrone him. I'm actually taking back a lot of what I said about how I thought it would be easy to dethrone him. I really think that the one way, and I actually heard David Aldridge speak about this, the one way that they can dethrone Dan Snyder is if the uh, officials from all three jurisdictions in D.C., D.C., Maryland, Virginia, if they all say to Dan Snyder, you cannot have a stadium. You cannot have a brand new stadium in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia. If all three of them come out and say that, he might not have a choice but to sell the team. Exactly. Um, but if he already of, has a stadium, would he, would he really need to sell? I think the, well, I think the issue is that he wants to move it, right? He wants to move the team to D.C. He wants to move the team to D.C. And because there have been so many issues with that stadium, as far as uh, the uh, – you know how the fans feel about the stadium. It's trash. Um, it's, it's not trash fan. Thing. It's not fan friendly at all. There, um, there is no draw to it. The field is horrible. Um, it's not a type of stadium that they that that would be able to host a Super Bowl, which is what he wanted. Um, and that's why he's been advocating on getting a new stadium. But he's not going to get the new stadium if all three officials from DC, Maryland, Virginia say you can't have one unless X, Y, Z. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I thought because, the name was the criteria for that, though. Well, it was part of it. But now with all this new shit coming out, they probably don't want to get their hands dirty. Well, remember, we talked about how they won't let him in D.C. with the name anyway. So maybe if I got rid of the name, we y'all would let me bring the team back to D.C. Yeah, the but, that was, but that was before, but that was right. before all this all, shit came out. Exactly. Right. Yep. You know but I mean? the, with the name gone, so now you just have to get past the controversy piece. And the controversy piece is the part that we still don't know what's going to come out of this report. I mean, Outside the Lines does a really good job of like 
investigation, but we don't know what's going to come out of this story. And to Jay's point, it's interesting that he he let those not, those NDAs go because at the end of the day, you have to not you have to not be fearful what people are going to say if you release NDAs. Like, and if you don't if you release <laughs> NDAs, you don't care. Like, Unless it's nothing. You don't have a choice. Well, in the, even in the report, they they said that they named um, they didn't really name him. They didn't implicate him a lot or at much at all um, in the in the report. He wasn't even um, the one that they named the most. Uh, what was the announcer that got the announcer got named more than anybody Larry else? Yeah. Larry Michael. He got named more than anybody else in the report. So and he cut his ties from him. So if you already cut your ties from the guy that is the most implicated, you don't really have any fear of being further implicated in a in a nationally televised show. Yeah, but we'll find out Sunday if Dan Snyder's name is mentioned among these four people who've been interviewed by ESPN because yeah. if his name is mentioned. It, he is the new Donald Sterling. <laughs> he's done. But he's done. He's, you know? he's also the new Donald Sterling in the fact that he already have his family set up to take over in the event that he's gone. That's the thing. I don't think that's he's true. And I think he's got enough money to to buy whatever. Like I can buy your silence. I can do whatever. You know. Like we can come up to another. We can come to another agreement. It ain't got to be a a strict NDA, but how about Saying he's I give willing you... dealing right now? Like, yeah, probably. Well, yeah, they, they said in the report that it was, it was like an NDA, but it still had restrictions on the NDA. The NDA still had restrictions. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a complete total, like you can just say, like, clear, yeah, yeah. And you can say whatever. You can slander me now. This, in this space. <laughs> right. You can't talk about X, Y, and Z. Had, right. You still have parameters. Um, and I mean, and again, he has just, he, he's worth about as much as the team is worth. As an individual at this point, so he does. But I think interesting thing is is that he's not silencing at this point. He's he's like, go ahead and say what you got to say. Like anytime he's trying to spin it, he's spinning it so that it looks like I'm complying with the investigation that the NFL. Like even when the NFL launched their own investigation, they still use his investigator. They use the investigator that he hired initially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's it's something. To, it's just. I don't know, man. Um, it's just super. It's super weird. Uh, I guess in, to to switch gears and other um, Washington football team news, that they officially announced Dwayne Haskins as the um, the starting quarterback. Um, how so do you guys feel about that? He's gone. Does that mean there's no QB carousel controversy, anything like that? Is that? What I mean, that Alex Smith is on the bottom of it. Okay, that's what I thought, John. That's what I thought. This is the start. This is the start of it. This is yeah. the start of the controversy now. <laughs> yes. That they, they, they named him? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you heard what Zach Brown had to say. Well, Zach Brown had something to say about Kirk Cousins, and then he got toasted by Kirk Cousins in the same hey. game. So. Hey. And then he got but, cut, but, and he hasn't he played football since. And he's yeah. a free agent. <laughs> and he doesn't play for anybody. So. And he doesn't play for anybody. Good job, Zach Brown. Maybe yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming to our TED Talk. So he got fire. I guess the question is, do you feel like the pressure is on Dwayne Haskins now to produce in his second year as officially the, the, the first string quarterback of the Washington football team? And I'll start with John. I think this is, as I mentioned before, this is his position to lose. I think he's up for the challenge. I think he's ready for the challenge. I think that he is very inspired by a lot of the moves that have happened in the last year and a half with 
all the shit he's dealt with Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen, they got at least two thirds of the cancer out of DC. So I think starting fresh, starting new, having a head coach who's very well respected, who believes in him enough that he should be the starter, even though Kyle Allen was his backup in Carolina. The fact that they, he put him there is everything to Dwayne what he needs to, you know, generate something that's very positive. We all know that he's got the potential to do it. He just needs the right training. And if he gets the proper training, he's, I think he's going to beast out. I don't know if he's going to, he's not going to be the next Cam Newton or the next Aaron Rodgers, but I think he'll do more than decent. This year, I don't know. I'm still kind of leery about the offensive line, but uh, I think the fact that he's got some really good targets, Logan Thompson, um, uh, AGG, and uh, what's the guy from LSU, the tight end from LSU? I can't think of uh, Thaddeus, Thaddeus. Oh, the new kid, yeah, yeah. The new guy. Thaddeus, Thaddeus Randy Moss. Moss Randy Moss's yeah. son, yeah. I thought he got um, cut. No. He did? Yeah. I thought they cut Randy Moss's son. What? Yeah, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that either. Well, anyway, I think the fact that he's got some some really good targets this year is really really going to help him because Terry McLaurin can't do it all on his own. So that's my two cents. Yeah, he did get cut. Yeah, I thought so. Wow, he got released. They signed uh, Josh Garnett and waived. uh, Yeah, injured. He was injured. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he wasn't able to show enough. Yeah. So hold up before we move on to the next person. Uh, John, give me your predictions. Yards, TDs, INTs. Damn. And QBR, yeah. QBR, QBR, yards, touchdowns, INTs. I'm going to say no And record, and record, record, record. Oh, man, come on. Okay, yards. Let's do it all. Let's do it all. (laughs) Yeah, okay. When would he have his firstborn? (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3,100 yards. That's nice. Passing. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go with 23 touchdowns. No. And 20, <laughs> 29 <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> because I think, I think he's going to, he's, I think he's still trying to figure himself out. I think he's going to be overconfident. How are you going to let him get to 29, though? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. Let him finish. Hold on. Give me the QBR and the win-loss. QBR is going to be 78. 78.6. That's my QBR. The 78 yard would not be the start for the Washington football team with a 78 QBR. I think so. Win-loss. 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 I'm going to say 7 and 9. Oh. All right. Trey, you have the floor. Uh, how can I come after that? Uh, <laughs> uh, the only good number that he said was 3,100. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I think that it's definitely Dwayne Haskins' job to lose. I agree with that. Um, I think that the Alex Smith talk is more ceremonial than anything. I don't think we'll see him anywhere near a football field. So, um I mean, he's got to do certain things to honor his contract and to continue to get paid, and I think he's doing that, and he'll stay, you know, on the sidelines. 
Um, uh, you know, I expect Haskins to struggle. Um, Me too. I expect him to struggle. I'm not saying that in a negative light. I mean, this is just his first real action. Last year was kind of doesn't count between, between the coach, <laughs> between the coach, and then the situation they kind of put him in. They didn't really commit to him. You know, this is the first time that he's walking out there and actually being the guy. This is okay. This is your job, and you go play. Um, so the defenses are preparing for him. He's preparing for the defenses. Um, the team is built around him. And the offensive line is complete garbage, um, and uh, you know, you know, he's he's he. It's his, it's his to to, to do. Now he is going to uh, uh, look better. He's put in a lot of work. I mean, it's it's been kind of obvious how much work he's put in, as far as uh, his training and everything in the off season. So he's serious about it. So I mean I expect to see improvement out of him, but I mean it's a it's a tough job. That's why I say he's going to struggle. Um, you know the question shouldn't really be is he going to struggle. It's going to should be is he going to overcome it because I mean coming in the league as a rookie quarterback. I mean even Peyton Manning was trash in the beginning. So sure. I mean, every, everybody's kind of got to struggle unless you're like Patrick Ma- unless you're Patrick Mahomes or somebody you got to struggle. You only playing um, quarterback for four years. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, exactly. And he doesn't have the experience uh, pre-NFL that most of those guys have. He kind of only got, a, you know, a year of college experience. And, you know, it just kind of just he, – he just really does not have a lot of experience. So he's a work in progress. He would have been a good guy to sit behind somebody for a while. But, but aren't, um, technically, aren't they all – I mean, like, the way that the NFL has changed over the last couple of years with the past first – or, you know, the – air air it out mentality they expecting quarterbacks to come out of college already ready to read defenses complex defenses and to be able to throw for close to 300 or over 300 yards a game against these complex defenses um so that's not really fair to them right like if you have a a guy who's who's been in a a spread offense in his collegiate year where and the defenses are a lot slower to react to a spread offense, and then you put him into a more complex offense and tell him to go out and put up 65%, 70% passing and 300 yards a game. It's not fair to yeah. somebody like Haskins, right? Yeah, and, and um, I, I mean, I can tell you Haskins is not that guy. Like, he's not that guy that's 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 ready for that. Um, so uh, it's going to take some patience, and this is a bad uh, media town to be in if you need to be patient with uh anybody um because it's dc so i mean if there's going to be a lot of talk mm. around whatever happens um, all right and so, gi- so give me your numbers uh <laughs> yards uh yards uh 2500 okay wow. uh touchdowns uh 18 ints 29 <laughs> <laughs> 21 21 interceptions all right qbr uh 80 i don't know win losses um eight and eight okay uh jay jay i'm gonna I'm ask you a, the same question but i'm gonna also throw in a little tidbit because we are not factoring in the offensive coordinator um Turner, Turner, who has a 
history of being able to make franchise. Mm-hmm. He was Newton, and he okay. he helped Newton become the quarterback that he is. Granted, we're talking Newton doesn't have the same. Uh, well, Haskins doesn't have the same build or. Uh, he's not the same kind of caliber quarterback as Newton is for sure, but he helps. So with that added piece, what is your take on Haskins? Oh, you want to say something before uh, Jay Hill goes straight? Yeah, I was going to say Turner, the X factor with him is he's kind of a rookie offensive coordinator too. Uh, he's also so. like a, a little bit of a racist <laughs> from what I heard. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> really? Well, you know, that's North Turner's son. Well, so his daddy used to work here. Yeah, uh, the apple does not fall far from. Where's Norv now? I, I don't know. Right, <laughs> Norv is offensive coordinator somewhere. He's been yeah, a perpetual North offensive coordinator. coordinator. The head coach thing didn't work out for him, but yeah, uh, but like so, uh, Scott Turner worked with Newton. He also worked with Teddy Bridgewater, and he he's made. I mean, Teddy's going to get a shot for sure, but like he he's helped him improve his quarterback his overall quarterback and skills and Newton is a juggernaut. He was just waiting. He just got the, the starting job in, in New England. And, you know, we're just waiting to see what he does. So with the added offensive coordinator, what do you think he's going to do, Jay? Um, I think he's definitely going to struggle. I don't actually think he's going to play the full season. Um, which I know you, we haven't gotten to the numbers yet, but, I see him actually going maybe seven and three, maybe mm-hmm. maybe seven and four. Seven uh, and four as the, yep. the starter. Yep. And then you're gonna have a seat, my friend, because you're gonna go. Because what's gonna happen is is either gonna be that losing streak. That's like, well, let's try this guy and see how you know see how he works. Since you know you just been cold for the last two and a half, three games, and it's like really. That's kind of fucked up. I really should probably finish this out, but I see how y'all do here. Um, so that's the first thing. But you do, you do, you do mention that we have a new offensive coordinator as well. So they may let them both uh, go down in flames. So he could do the full season. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not your fault. It's not his fault. Both but, of y'all fucking up. Okay, so. uh, wait. But you gave you gave Kirk Cousins a lot of shots here, right? Granted, it's a different coach and. Rivera doesn't seem like the type, and, and, and Scott Turner was with Rivera, so I don't, I don't have Rivera being like, okay, you guys are not doing well. I'm just going to cut my losses. If you hired the guy in the first place, you brought him here. You brought him here. That's, that's why I said he could finish it out because they're both new. They're both still getting acclimated to this culture. It's not even, yeah, but, they, but but they're both new to here. But Scott's not new to Rivera. You right. see what I'm saying? So like he, that's one of his guys. So like you yeah, know, you know, man. If anybody has job security, it would be as long as Rivera's here, I would think that Scott would have job security. So, so by your logic, you're saying if Scott has job security, Haskins has job security. No, because he's a quarterback. So the quarterback is the is the first scapegoat to go because he's the 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 float, I mean he's the general on the on the field. So if he's not producing, the team's not winning, you know, they will make a change. And that's not to say that they won't go back to him eventually, but they might decide yeah, that he's saying. he's too young and he's too inexperienced. That's why you know what I'm saying. But then your I'll, other choices, Alex him, Smith. It's, it's Kyle, Kyle, no, it's, it's, Kyle, no, it's Kyle, Kyle Allen, who oh. he had in I'll Carolina already, who he knows how to work with. Yeah, yeah, this is I'll his second year too, not seven. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, but so Kyle Allen has precedence over 
Kirk, I mean, not Kirk, I'm about to say Kirk Cousins, over Alex Smith in the yeah. lineup. He's yeah, in the well, depth Alex chart. Smith, Alex Smith might not make the active roster. He's probably going to be on a, some kind of injury or something list. I mean, I would, I would, I would make it that too. So you don't have to pay him that twenty-four million dollars. You got to pay him when he, mm-hmm. if he actually makes the active roster. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so back to Jay. Yards, yards. I'm going. Uh, I'm going twenty-three, twenty, mm-hmm. twenty-one, oh, twenty-one, twenty-three. Going down. Yeah, dismal, mm-hmm. dismal. And the yeah. boy got a, he, but he has an arm. He has a, he has an arm. Yeah, and he has but, some receivers. Yeah. But again, my basis is on you not playing a full season. See, my basis. Ah, uh-huh. so you my, take twelve games and then he's exactly. done. Exactly. My calculation. Actually, all right. Well, because we can. The other. The other thing you got to remember is, barring we're still learning the whole how how the team is going to run, we could shut you down for the last three games just because we know we're not going anywhere now in the division. You know what I mean? Say the record is that bad. Why even finish it out? And why even let him get hurt? Nah. Just, you know, just let's burn this one. All right. Well, so, so let's move to your record then. What's your record? That's what I said. My record, I, I, I gave him one more. So I'm going to give him eight and four. But eight and four is technically a winning record. It is a winning record. So why would you sit Because he got, I'm going to say he got like six. So he thinks the season goes to the no, his season. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, his, his season, season goes so That's why he's uh, His season is going 12 games. He's not playing the full season. If he's 8-4, and they're not going to bench him, though. It That's don't matter what, what he do. If he go on a streak, if he go on a four-game losing streak, I think you start to question shit, depending on how bad. Because you start to question. Again. If you started because, out 8-0, uh, no, uh, I ain't uh, mentioning him for after that. I mean. Because they can still make the playoffs. Yeah, if he goes eight, if he goes eight and four, they can technically. That's why I said seven and four at first. But I'm trying to be generous and give him another game. But I said seven and four first. <laughs> Even but. still, most wait, 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 wait. There's been teams. The Giants have been to the playoffs with a seven and nine. Right, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. The, East is, the football is yeah. Yeah, it's like, like right. It don't really possible. mean anything. It okay. is possible. All right, all right. So, so record seven and four, eight and four. He's still playing. Okay. Yards. You said 2,300. Right. Touchdowns. Touchdowns, I'm going to give him 18. INTs. I'm going to give him 11. And that's why. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. His, his TD to INT is lower and you yep. still going to bench him? Yep. What's because this? it's not wait, wait. because, because he's, not winning, he's not winning the games. He's not winning the game. But he's managing like, the games, right? It doesn't matter. If he's they, handing if the ball. They're winning, they're not going to bench the quarterback. Right. If right. I mean, if he's, handing, if he's handing the ball losing. off. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. a response to losing. Q, they, they QBR. Always um, QBR. QBR, I'm thinking somewhere in that 70 range, 78, 75 range, too. Well, the Damn. average QBR is like 82, right? Ain't it? <laughs> See what I, I, did don't there? I don't understand your logic, Jay. Your logic just confuses the hell out of me at this point. You're welcome. He has, he has all winning numbers, and you still bench him. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Eight and four in the NFC East is a winning record. <laughs> like you are, yeah. you are basically at the Super Bowl in the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> okay. Okay, let's wrap this up. This is a Cincinnati fan. This is Marvin Lewis. That's what it is. I forgot. He's in a different conference. It doesn't even count at this point. All right. So let's wrap this up. I will say that I think that Scott helps a lot. I also think that the offensive line does not help. Um, And with Geist being gone in the running game, 
I don't know how that works out. Like I'm I'm leery about the running game at this point. But the boy does have a cannon. Peterson. Nobody cares about guys. Adrian Peterson, like thirty seven hundred years old, man. Like it's cool. Uh, I don't think that matters. He's going to be stout still. still running Nobody cares about that. He's going to get injured. Right. He's going to get injured, but. Let's, okay, a- AP being here does help. So I give him yeah. that as well. And he does have a decent receiving core. And he has a relationship um, with one of the receivers already. They are they came right. from the same school. So it's like, all right, you got all these factors working in your favor. If you simplify the, pay, the, the playbook and make it so that he can he can get off his reads fast, and he doesn't have to do a lot of reading, or he doesn't become a checkdown quarterback. I would say yardage. I'm going to say thirty-one hundred. Yeah, thirty-one. I agree. Touchdowns. I'm going to say twenty-one. INT seventeen. QBR sixty-eight. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 that means he completes like 40% of his passes. No, no, I'll wow. say <laughs> QBR 77.8. Win loss record 9 and 7. Whoa. Wow. Damn, you being ultra generous. I'm being Just super nice. minimum, I'm making it six and six. I changed all mine. My- well, six and six. six and six. <laughs> Damn, Jay. We can't ask Jay because he he don't like the he don't like the. Uh, it don't even add up to sixteen games, man. <laughs> nope. You know, Jay watched that. Jason he watched that footage of Ultra Single coming across the middle, and he can't count no more. <laughs> <laughs> what state you in? Uh, uh, what about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, guys, we need to cut. We need to cut. <laughs> need to cut. Uh, your man was so faded. Oh uh, man, I mean, I think that's I think that's decent. I think we're kind of all in the same realm of where we think he could succeed, but it's a lot of factors, mainly coaching and primarily offensive line. Without addressing the offensive line, no quarterback in this league will survive and we'll be able to put up numbers and we'll be able to keep their starting job. So it's really based on how well they protect him and how much faith they have in him being able to get rid of the ball. So great. So with that, we're going to take our first break and we'll be back after these advertisements. What's up people. It's your boy, Jay Hill. Just want to let you know where to find us on Facebook and Instagram at sports and things s-p-o-r-t-z underscore and underscore t-h-i-n-g-z and on twitter at is sports capital i capital z s-p-o-r-t-z yeah we got a little creative with it so now you can follow us you can subscribe you spread the word thanks now back to this episode And welcome back, everybody, to Sports and Things. I'm your host, Dennis Turner, with the fellas. Uh, we're going to jump into the NBA. Drinking so that jazz- one. <laughs> Shut up. Selling <laughs> <laughs> <Something> that dude. <laughs> uh, jazz and the Thunder are out. Um, uh, they had they had game sevens that came down to the wire, but they 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 ended. So, um, with that being said, we have the semifinals going on with. Uh, let me make sure I got my notes correctly. I don't want to say the wrong names. Rocket versus the Lakers and the Jazz versus the Clippers. 
Now, who do you have coming out of, respectively, each one of those series? I'll say mine's for last because mine's is super simple. Uh, let's start with Trey. So you asked about the West, the Clippers, and then the Clippers, Jazz, Clippers, and uh, Jazz. Clippers Nuggets, Clippers Nuggets, Nuggets. I mean Clippers Nuggets, yeah, and uh, Rockets, Jazz, uh, Lakers. Uh, let's do <laughs> Clippers and uh, our, uh Should I be controversial or should I be just take the easy answer? Be honest, man. Clippers, <laughs> Clippers, Lakers, man. Wait. Even right. though I, I feel like the Rockets going to give them problems, man. Clippers, Clippers and what? What's, how you got that series going, though? Oh, Clippers in... Clippers in four? Lakers in wow. seven. Whoa. Wow. Really? Yeah, I think the I think that Houston going to get in problems, man, because they got so many... They're so balanced, and the Lakers are so not balanced. See, I, I would, that, I would have disagreed. I mean, because you don't give, you don't give AD and LeBron. The Lakers don't give AD and LeBron the opportunity to have an off night. They yeah, just don't afford you, them you, that opportunity. You also don't have the bigs on the Rockets to compete with the bigs. You got, you got AD, you got Dwight, and you got Javale McGee. Oh yeah, because PJ Tucker's at the concession stand waiting for that three. Yeah, and he's he's the starting center. Yo, that's funny, yo. That's terrible. He's at the concession stand waiting for that corner three. I just need kick one it out shot. Here. Just kick it just, out here. Just one shot, and I can change my shoes. It's fine. One shot, and I can change my shoes. Nah, but, like, they don't have a, a, yeah. a, a low presence. And as you saw in the last series, when you give the ball to AD and kind of get out his way, he can put up 35 Bro, we have an anomaly here. I saw James Harden play defense. You saw James Harden play defense for the last two minutes, but who you going to put him on? I saw James Harden play defense. That's going to change the whole NBA because we've before, never seen that before. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Man. You saw him play defense for the last two minutes of a seven-game series. Who do you put him on on the Lakers? Who, do, who does he guard? He going to stop LeBron. No, I'm, I'm joking. Whoa. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Uh, Move on. Move on. No, 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 no. I'm joking. Where's the mute button? We got to mute that. That was that was enough for me. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, you said you said Lakers in seven. Uh, you said Lakers in seven and Clippers, Clippers in Clippers is sweep. All right. And yeah. in the East, what do you have for the East? In the East, uh, it's going to be the Celtics in the Heat. Um, the Celtics... In five, and the, and the uh, I mean they up two zero. They up two one. Two one now, right, right, right. They just won, yeah, two one. Yeah. So okay, which was okay. also you know questionable. What? You know, and, and yeah, that that I think we're gonna talk about that later. So I'll, uh, so I'll say Celtics in six, and then um, the uh, Heat, uh, the the Heat in six as well. So you got the Heat taking the series, even with wow. the defensive play of the year, and wow, they arguably the MVP of the year. Yeah, well, well, that you know, let's come back to that because that that leads he gonna to be the most valuable fan after this series. Yo, that is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we, we got we got another subject that we can sub part off. Like we can go to after that. That I want to kind of touch on real quick before we move on. I want to get. Um, John's take on the series, the West and East. Um, so I actually think I'm loving the Nuggets right now. They're going to give Clippers 
a, a run for their money. I really do believe it. Uh, but it's, there's probably going to be a couple of overtime games. Oh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be a couple of overtime games. Um, I don't know that uh, Murray's going to have the same type of games, games that he had um, in this last series against the Jazz, but I do think that he's, gonna, he's still going to be a positive force. Um, and um, defensively, I like the Nuggets. And I think the Clippers, although I did have the Clippers winning, um, getting to the Western Conference, I'm starting to have my doubts just a little bit. So I think there's going to be a couple overtime games in this series, and I feel like the Nuggets are going to come out on top at the last, in the last seconds. And um, in the other series, I just like LeBron, uh, and I love, I love what AD can do. Um, they're going to get a run for their money too, and I think that that series is – is going to go seven. Um, but ultimately, I think Houston just always comes up short. And Historically, uh, is, is, is Russell Westbrook back yet? Yeah, he's back. He's but back. He was limited. Yeah. He was limited. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he might be, he might be, he might be <laughs> he back. He was being there, first managed. <laughs> he might be back. By game. <laughs> he might be back by game two, like 100% by game two. So but that Russell- might make... Russell Westbrook back at game two at 100% still gives you like seven to eight turnovers a game. And I also think that the Lakers might not even win game one. I think Houston always comes out shooting right out of the gate. But then when it comes down to trying to hold that lead, they always lose it. So oh, remember, remember, Trey said that, you know, Harden's playing defense for two minutes out of every 48. So, oh, I'm sorry. That's an improvement. Let me- let me that's that. that's got to give them some that. kind of advantage, man. I'm sorry. Rockets in four. minutes. Rockets in four. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, that changed everything. Nuggets. playing defense for two minutes a game now, man. That's a uh, huge In the eastern side, we got the Heat and Celtics. I love the Heat, man. The Heat, the, I love their defense, man. but I'm going with the Celtics. What? I'm going with I'm going with the Celtics <laughs> because I think offensively they're just a they're just they're just slightly better offensively. Um they could they got the outside shot and they got they can get down into the paint. They can get dirty in the paint and draw fouls. That's one of the m- most important things that I've felt like the Wizards never really caught on to is being able to go into the paint to draw fouls to go to the line. But with that said, even if they did, they would miss all their foul shots. But so I'm going with the Celtics again in seven. I think it's going to go seven games with the Heat, and then um, with the. Uh, what, what, wait, the Celtics are playing the Raptors right now, though. My bad. Wait, what did yeah. I say? Heat, Heat, yeah. and I'm sorry, it's Heat Celtics, and the Bucks. Yeah, Celtics, Heat and the Bucks. I'm sorry, Celtics and Raptors. I'm saying uh, Celtics in seven. Yeah, I can see. Um, and yeah. Because the Raptors, you know, they got they got their win. It was a much needed win at the last second. I think they're going to get it together. I still don't believe in Kyle Lowry. That was a botch play too. That was a hey, that was a botch play. Kyle Lowry threw that pass, man. That was a good pass. Yeah, That's James a, that Harden was no, that was a botch play. Minutes. Listen, it's all these anomalies <laughs> happening in the NBA right now. So so yeah. well, and, and with all that said, you know the Heat. Um, you know the, I love I love their defense. 
Um, and I think that's been the one reason why they've been able to uh, get as far as they've gotten. And you really do have to get up for Eric Spolster. He has done tremendous things for that team without the big three, without what Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh. And still getting his teams to the playoffs, even with a broken team. So um, Fair. I got I got Heat in seven, and I got uh, Celtics in seven. Okay, uh, Jay. Well, um, <laughs> I'm thinking that the Heat Bucks series. Let's go East first. So um, I see seven. No, I see six games, and I see it um, actually Milwaukee. I think they're going to figure it out. Not sure how yet, <laughs> but they figure it out. The, the follow-up question is how? Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. four straight wins. Four straight wins. Four straight wins, yes. Oh, man, um, this is like – but you need to call this this, this uh, podcast wishful thinking. There we go, yes, yes. Um, Hot takes and things. And then, right. you know, so we're going to leave that one alone. So Celtics, <laughs> Celtics and Raptors, I don't see the Raptors winning another one. So I feel, wow. I feel like Celtics just going to clear this one up too. So it's going to be 4-1 pretty uh, much. Okay, um, okay. And in the West, um, I think Denver – used everything they had in the previous series against Utah. You mean Murray, basically. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's, it's the but Joker. Joker, Joker was, yeah. was putting up numbers too, for yeah. sure. So, I mean, I think I think all of them are just burned. Like, they're, they're just tired. So, I think the Clippers going – I think the Clippers going to handle them in five. They might get one, but they, they're going to they're just get that work out the way quick. Um, now, the fun one. Lakers Rockets. Mm. I think they do put Harden on James. I think they do. Um, <laughs> Newfound defense, baby. <laughs> not for that reason, though. See, like, it's more like the decoy setup. Like, he going to be on them, and then they're going to double them. So LeBron's like, going to score anyway, so why don't we just put Wait, Harden wait, you, on said, him? you said put a Harden on LeBron? Yeah. See? Yeah. Oh, I'm hell about to get no. muted, bro. <laughs> Wow, uh, that, that philosophy is: Hey, LeBron's gonna score anyway, so why, we don't want to waste the defensive exactly. body on him. Why? why? <laughs> a why? defensive we, body? What? We just we just, just leave him open. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you call Harden a defensive body is I, no. I said we don't want to waste the defensive body. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you like, just give him, just give him the Matador defense. You know, yeah. he starts to back you down. Just try to pull the chair out. Oh, that didn't work. Well, at least you ain't spend no energy. Go down and shoot your three. So I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be six games. Step back um, three. But um, it could go seven off of some controversy. We haven't seen what the controversy could controversy. be. Controversy. Oh yep. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I didn't say who won, so I'm a, I'm gonna go with the Lake Show because the Lakers are not going to be surprised anymore. That's why I say it's gonna be some controversy that LeBron gonna file out of some dumb shit like. 
no, you just don't do that. Like, when when was the last time LeBron right. found out of right. anything, <laughs> especially a playoff game? Like, when has he ever found out of any playoff <laughs> game ever? <laughs> right, right. I need to pull. I want to pull up that stat and see. Right. Is has he ever fouled out of a, <laughs> uh, really a playoff cool. game? Hold on. I'm telling you, the, re- the refs, out. the refs are really gonna fuck this one up. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe earlier in his career. Watch. Watch. LeBron fouls out of game seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Oh, no. That is hilarious. Yo, you know what kind of rides they would be? Yo, with 9-17 left in the fourth quarter, LeBron's <laughs> fouled out. Oh, game listen. seven. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Listen, <laughs> here's a fun fact. In his career, James has 1.7 fouls per 36 minutes. Yeah. He's fouled out <laughs> twice in two playoff games when he was in Miami in 2012 and 2013. There you go. That's it. That's it. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> like, it was eight years ago. He hasn't fouled out ever, bro. <laughs> He's due. He's due. He's due. He's making up a lost time. Okay, let me, let, oh. me give my, let me give my predictions and we can wrap that subject up. Ahead, I'll start in the West. Lakers in five. There's no, there's no defensive presence on the on the uh, Houston Rockets team. I I think they will give them a go. I think it will go. No, I, you know what? I'll I'll be I'll be fair. I'll say six four two because I think the the Rockets will shoot and they will put up numbers. But I ultimately think that the Lakers will find a way to just beat those boys up defensively and in the paint and offensive and defensive rebounds. They get you more second chance points. So there's no there's no answer for there's no answer for AD. There's really no answer for LeBron. Um, and you got Cal Kuzma coming to life, and they got a lot of shooters on the team. So I think that series just kind of goes the way it goes. I think you get you get valiant efforts from uh, Westbrook and Harden, you know, and you give Harden his points. You let Harden take his points, and it's fine. But I don't think that series gets past six. I really want to say five, but I'm just being nice. Um, <laughs> Clippers, Nuggets, Clippers in five. Like, wow. I agree with Jay. I think the Nuggets put up a lot of energy and they consorted a lot of energy in that last series, namely Jamal Murray in his battle with uh, Donovan Mitchell. And for him to be able to put out that type of effort nightly at that level without the, the playoff pedigree, I don't think that he's able to sustain it in a series against the Claw in PG-13. Uh, that's, that's the West. Uh, East, I will say Celtics and five. They are a complete Damn. team, and they are showing that they are a complete team. Wait, time out. Go ahead. The Celtics can't win that series in five. Why not? Damn. Hold up. Am I wrong? They – they're up. They're up 2-1. The Celtics. In five. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah. The Heat. Yes. No, oh, I'm mixing up series. You got yeah, it. Yeah, All yeah, yeah. Right. So Celtics, Celtics <laughs> in five. I don't think, right. I don't no. think the Raptors win another game. They're I think today, yeah. today was a fluke. They got, they got lucky on the last minute play, last second play. You don't think they win another game? Really? I don't think the Raptors win another game, no. I think the Celtics, as a oh. Two many factors <laughs> that work in their favor. So that's that's my that's my uh, <laughs> is it messing up again? 
Oh, it did. <laughs> That's what you're doing every time. Yeah. I, 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 sound, I sound fine to me. <laughs> All right. I'm recording, he's going to be fine because the recording's on his end. Right. It, it's going to be perfect on mine. He's going to overdub. So, I don't have to. It's, it, it's a recording to the cloud. Anyway, so Celtics in five. And then I will agree with John. And I will agree with pretty much everybody except for Jay, who gave the Bucks a full win sweep. <laughs> <laughs> They down O to two, but they gonna. What come back are you smoking, straight. Jay? What are you over there smoking, dogs? Yeah, can we have some? <laughs> like, what are you over there smoking, dog fur? What the fuck? We got special cookies over here. All right, so you should have seen his foot. Wow, smoking something. All right, so to to piggyback on what John said, Eric Sposter is doing a great job with that team because he he has basically built a franchise. Before Jimmy Butler even got there, without a superstar. But more importantly, Pat Riley has historically put together teams that are defensive dogs. And those dudes fight. And they will get in there and they will – I don't know if you guys watched the last game, but every time they got tangled up for a ball, they were, like, throwing elbows. So it's like – when you see that type of like, you're not just gonna, you're not not just gonna push me over. Like you can't just come in here. I don't care that you are the MVP candidate of the year. I don't care that you got defensive player of the year. You got to come in here and earn these points. Like every time Giannis went into the point, three three Heat players attacked him. That's how you got. That's how yeah. That's how yeah. you got to do so it. So it's like, and, and that that reminds me of the old Knicks. It reminds me of like mm-hmm. the old like the Lakers when Pat was there. It reminds me of like all those teams. It's like. You're not just going to take a Pat Riley team and just be able to just run 4-0 on them. And they're not even winning games right now. Like, the Bucs aren't even winning games. So, it's like, I got, I got the Bucs. I got, I got the Heat in four. Wow. Okay. I don't have that the Bucs winning ultra, a game. You are ultra generous to the Heat. I'm not being that generous to the I'm Heat. Be, I'm being that generous to the defense. Like, let Giannis get his points. Middleton's not going to score. Middleton's I love I, – I agree with you on the defensive part, but I do think I do think that he's going to step – I think Giannis is going to step it up. I think he's going to fight. And defensively, he's going to get he's, – he's going to get his triple-double. I think maybe maybe not the assist, but he's definitely gonna get his double doubles in because he's got to fight for those offensive rebounds who with whoever misses shots. And defensively, I think he's gonna throw bows too because I've seen him react. But that's when one player though. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that he's gonna be the one to save the whole team, but I'm just saying he's gonna be the X factor to winning. At least one or two games. That's why I don't have the Heat sweeping them. I think the Heat might, might they might lay down a little bit and think that they have a good buffer. Um, I just as as much as I love what the Heat are doing, I I, I have to give it up for the Bucks too. It's going to be a tough battle. I still got the Heat winning this series, but man, I, I just don't see how you can say they're going to sweep. Here's here's how I can say that because. I, I agree with the factors that you pointed out. I think Giannis is going to get his numbers. But Giannis always gets his numbers. That's not a problem. Giannis is always going to get his numbers. It's the other players on the team. Eric Bledsoe, Middleton. Yeah, no, you're right. They're not, they're not doing anything right. that's, going to, that's, that's going to substantiate them actually being able to push the heat and that defense out of the way. 
Two, there's no home court advantage. Like, so True. you don't have you don't have any home court advantage to kind of sway you in in the arena. Like, I mean, they got the crowd, the, the virtual crowds, but that's not really that's they're basically playing in empty gyms. Like, let's be real about it. Like, so when you have those many factors going against you, I just don't see. Even if you let Giannis go off and Giannis gets fifty and twenty, that's one player on a team where everybody's beating that one guy up night in and night out. It's almost it almost kind of reminds me of when the Pistons beat up Jordan, like the first series yeah. when they just they just kind of like you can come down here, come come down here. That's fine. We we got something for you. And then everybody else is just kind of standing around like, oh, like I don't want to go down there. <laughs> like like you want some of this too, old man? No. <laughs> like, so it's like. I, I just I would be gracious and say I would give the Bucks even one game, but I think yeah. they would have to the Heat would have to lay down and just me personally I think the Heat want it more. They're showing that they just want it more, and they want to get this series over with quick. And the way you get the series over with quick is to end it by winning games, and that's my take. I think I I'll say five. I'll say I'll say five game the Heat and five. Just I to, would. Just to be I, realistic, because yeah, like it is playoffs. I would, I would agree with you even more if you gave the Bucks one game. I just don't know how the Heat sweep, sweep. You know the former MVP. I, I get the whole notion of the other players not showing up right now, and not having any sort of intimidation factor for the Heat. They're and not scared even, of those guys at all. No, nah, they're, they're not scared. They're not scared at all. But I do think they'll show up. I think they'll show up at least at least one game and they'll they'll, they'll the, the heat will probably be like oh okay all right you know how you'd be playing video games and you chilling and you kicking somebody's ass and then all of a sudden they 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 beat you and then you start to lean forward <laughs> <laughs> right like, right like, wait a minute wait wait it's the third quarter now you got happy <laughs> right, right right and we, so. i mean and the, i guess the added fact that basketball even if you're down by like 20 the score can change dramatically mm-hmm. in the next in four or five minutes if you get on a high streak and you play some defense. And I'm not saying that the Bucks don't play defense. It's not like the Bucks are the Rockets, so it's like it's not the same right. thing. So, all right, I I think that's cool. We 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 kind of have a general consensus about where we think those teams would end up. Um, we'll we'll de- we'll delve more into that as the series go on in the East and the West, and then we see how our predictions play out. Um, moving on. The Nets hire Steve Nash as the new head coach. Now, two-part question because I think it's interesting that Steve Nash was picked. Not because he – I mean, we all know he doesn't have the coaching resume. He's never coached. He's never been a head coach. He's never even been an assistant in the NBA or anywhere for that matter. But it has been proven historically that – former point guards or former guards in the NBA have been successful head coaches. Now, do you guys think that he will be a successful head coach with the relationship that he already kind of has with KD and with Kyrie? And the second part is, do you think it's fair? And we'll start with Trey. So, um, Oh, there's a couple questions there. Good questions. So um, Nash I think long-term could potentially be a good coach. Um, I think that this job is going to be a challenge for him. I think that his superstars have been proven to have uh, some uh, colorful personalities in their previous uh, uh, places they were. And 
you know, they would probably do better with a seasoned, older, you know, somebody who, who they respect and look up to, not somebody that they look at as, as their peer, another player. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I don't see him managing the Kyrie and KD crowd well um, this early. Um, and as far as is it fair, well, we know that the NBA – Clearly, the coaches, the representation of black coaches does not clearly represent, you know, the population of, of black players and black professionals in the NBA. Um, the, it's disproportionate. Um, so if this were the NFL or some other, you know, sport, then then it would be a different story. But the, 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 M, the NBA is, you know, it's black people all over that league. And yet, you know, the coaching jobs are not getting, you know, handed to uh, anybody black for the most part. And, um, and, and you can't even say it's about qualified and all this type of stuff. Cause they're giving it to a guy here with no experience, no assistant experience. They just say, Hey dude, you were a good player. So we think you'll be a good coach. Like, you know, they just throw him on top. So, but more to my point though, like I, I started with saying that historically point guards in the league who have had, uh, sustaining, and productive careers have proven to be pretty good head coaches like Steve Kerr, Mark uh, Anthony, I remember Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, I'm sorry, um, to name a few. And, you know, what, my, I guess my question is, I know we know why they picked Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash is a hall of famer for sure. He's going to be in the hall of fame and point guards are typically coaches on the floor, but, is it really fair to the other coaches that are already in the league when the league only has about five, what is it, five head coaches that are black and the league is 75% black? Mm-hmm. It's disproportionate. It's disproportionate to, to the, uh, you know, the league, actual population, of, you know, what the head coaches are. So, um, you know, it would be like, just imagine if the NHL had 75% of their coaches were black. That would be weird, right? Everybody would go, what the <laughs> heck? So why the, the NBA having 75% of their coaches white, not weird to anybody. That's, that's the, I mean, that just try to flip the, you know, the opposite narrative just to show you how weird it actually is. It's and only, the, it's the only not weird because we know, we, we expect that, you know, because that's the what we deal with in America, yeah. but. And, and the numbers dwindled because, like, like I said, back in 2012-2013 season, there were 14 black coaches. And, you know, this year, when the year started, there were eight, and now they're five because they fired the three that they had. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a weird, weird – Man, I mean, if you're giving the job to – I'm throwing out there a Phil Jackson or a – you know, I mean, you know, Phil's not coming back. But what I'm saying, somebody experienced, somebody, <laughs> a legend, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, I get you. But this guy's never coached anything before. And, you know, you're giving him the head coach. So, yeah. It, you know, I, uh, it's, it's very difficult to explain how to feel about this because, well, at least from my perspective, only because Steve Kerr is very, very, very well respected, you know, as a player. Um, And to piggyback off of the narrative, 
that past players have made very good head coaches. You could also say the same about um, what's the uh, the new general manager for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who's a former player. He was a uh, safety, um, and people were questioning um, were qu- were questioning that. And um, not Arizona Cardinals, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, I can't think of his name. Sorry, is but it Lynch. John Lynch, thank you. John Lynch, yeah, yeah. He, he was a former safety. People were like, why the hell would they hire him as a general manager? And he took him to the Super Bowl. People were advocating on trying to get Alex Smith to be the new general manager for the, for the Skins. The who? It's all about the – sorry. All right. Who? <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to say, I meant to say Red Skins. Oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> but um, – I think no fucks. the whole the whole thing about he gave Steve no fucks, Nash, <laughs> the whole thing about Steve Nash is is his intelligence for the game. This is right. not Michael Jordan, who was highly intelligent, but Michael Jordan was like the he, he was he was the bullet in the gun, and Steve Nash is the trigger. You know, he's the one that he was a, an assist leader. So I feel like he has the pedigree and he he has the mind state to be able to become a head coach. I'm not mad at the hire. And I know that a lot of people will feel like it's this is just another position not given to a black head coach. But I kind of agree with Trey. Um, the NBA is, has not necessarily been in the narrative of not hiring black head coaches. We've seen a ton of black head coaches in the NBA. We rarely see any in the NFL and there really aren't any in the NHL. And I strictly believe that's because there are not a lot of black people who play hockey um, because it's a Canadian sport and it was invented in Vancouver where it's severely cold and black people don't like the cold. So, Uh, but with all that said, you got, you got baseball, black baseball managers in the, in, in baseball um, as well. So I'm not mad at the hire. I don't think it's um, it's, I don't think it's them trying to take jobs away from from black head coaches. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he tried to bring on Dirk Nowitzki to become part of the coaching staff. But, you know, Dirk turned it down. Um, that was my only question about that: is um, you know why did he go? Why did he go there? But again, um, but they got a I relationship, no, right? They're friends. And, you know, they're definitely yeah, friends. Well, they were teammates yeah. for a long time. Yeah, they were teammates too. So, so like that makes sense. So that's yeah. Funny. So you bring in somebody that that knows how you think about the no, game. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying for the for the for the subject matter of white head coaches and black head coaches, white staff and black staff. You know, you got you're hiring a white head coach, and now that head coach wants to hire another white. Like the it doesn't bother me at all. I, right. I know why he reached out to him. I know why they hired him. So, um, you know, I don't think we're going to hear a lot of talk about black and white. Um, with, with with this whole Steve Nash hire, I think it's mostly just going to be about experience. But I think Steve's going to do well. I think he's really, really going to do well if he can get to Kyrie Irving. If he can get through to him, so that Kyrie Irving is not a selfish bastard, then I think they'll have a lot of success because no head coach wants to deal with Kyrie Irving. That's you know, I th- I think it's funny too because like, oh, I I think I agree with you, John. Like, I think they hired Kevin. Oh, I kid Kevin. Um, Steve because. He's a he was a point guard, so he right. has the point guard mindset. Right, you want to get Kyrie to lock in 
to being a point guard, especially when you have an MVP, MVP, a former MVP in Kevin Durant. Like, so you already got the person that they want to build the franchise around. You just need him to come back. And you got two former champions from two different franchises. They already signed on to play with each other, and they already had to sign on for Steve Nash. They right. signed They signed off on Steve Nash being the head coach. So there's something there. Like, and, you know, I, when, it, when the story first broke, they, they, they made it about race. And it's weird, you know, because I think – you give everybody who wants the shot, who proven that they can handle the shot, a shot. And if as a, as a head coach or as a former player, he's proven that he can handle the pressure in the NBA. And it's like, you have to give them, and if they want to take that chance and they want to feel like somebody can get through to Kyrie, why not use a player that already has a a relationship with Kyrie? You know what I'm saying? Like he, he worked worked against them and like, but they, they have a relationship already. So it's like, it just I'm just sense. thinking to myself, if they go through this whole stint where they just keep losing games and losing games and losing games, Kyrie's going to be a big-ass crybaby like he normally is. He's going to blame someone that's not himself, and then he's going to get injured, and then they're going to trade his ass away. Well, that's, that's, we know that's kind of dark. <laughs> that's kind of dark. <laughs> but that's how, he's, he, he, he always complains. He is always – even when he wins, he complains. But maybe this is the piece they want, the piece they need, you know, to – I hope so. I hope so. You know, Wait, really like, who did Kyrie you know what I'm saying? You bring in this piece. With? Cleveland. Are you joking? Are you serious? He was on that team with LeBron. He, was, he hadn't left yet? LeBron was giving him the, LeBron was giving him the, the shot. Whole, that yeah, was that was okay. the whole yeah, yeah, that was the whole yeah, yeah. reason why Kyrie yeah. wanted to leave. Remember when Kyrie Kyrie yeah. the the year before Kyrie was injured, LeBron he basically carried the Cavs on his back, but they lost to um to the um to Steph and him, and then they came back and won the next year. Yeah, and Kyrie Kyrie was taking those shots. He was taking yeah. those yeah. Kyrie, shots. Kyrie took that that he Ooh, took that dagger man. shot. He took that dagger shot, yo. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, Jay Hill, your thoughts, man. Um, I think the only reason that it's so much about race is because we don't know who interviewed for it beforehand. So well, the story was that surprise. they had him picked. They had the Nets had Steve picked like before. Either way, but either way, we still don't know who was up for the position. Yeah, they had him picked, but we don't know that Mark Jackson didn't turn it down. We don't know that Jock Vaughn, I mean, who's already there in an assistant capacity or interim capacity was like, yeah, I could probably make this work or, you know, what have you. So we don't have any sort of narrative of who was interviewed. We just know that we, we want this guy. Oh, we had him picked in March, though. But who else did y'all interview? That's irrelevant. This is our guy. So I think that's why it shows, it shows up as a racial thing when it shouldn't. But wh- why do they have to pick? I mean, I guess, I guess equal opportunity makes it they have to, like, go through a, a vetting system. But if you have your guy, no, 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 not not in that capacity. I mean, in in a media capacity. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. So sure. so let me clarify no the news. racial thing though. The racial thing is the NBA in general. So the subject was touched on because it's the NBA in general. Right. Even if this hire, I mean, so I'm not. How could I come out and say, or anybody say that this particular hire was racist? I I think that. It just brings the subject up of across the NBA. Yeah, it just yeah, it disparity. brings it. It puts it back in the. So, fold. 
Yeah, so it's not an accusation that this hire he was hired because he was white and they didn't want a black guy. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that yeah, and that's what I said. Yeah, okay. it's it's just a matter. Of, like I said, it's just a matter of we don't know who else was in the mix for this position to begin with. So that's right. why the first thing that they jump on is wow, they went straight to him. That's kind of whack. Well, you know I mean, I mean they, they also have else. they also have four to five more vacant head coaching jobs. Yeah, in the NBA, right. like so it's like. But, like, even with Steve Kerr, that was Mark Jackson's team. True. Like, he's, he, put all that, he put all of that together and True. then left. And True. then they won with Steve. So, I was, it's, it's one or two things that Steve Kerr did different from Mark Jackson. That's really it. But, obviously, we know that, that's, that that was enough. So, I mean. But, I mean, that roster was, that roster was, was Mark's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah. but, you didn't, but you didn't get a trophy. Oh, let me come in there. I can get a trophy with it. Okay, cool. So I mean, it's it's just a matter of like, all right, well, um, who else was available? We know who was available, but who had any interest? That's the other thing too. We don't know. Nobody has uh, nobody has there has been no narrative of oh, so and so was seen leaving the Nets office or was interviewing for the thing is as a possible you know replacement. None of that conversation was ever made, which is why it looks like y'all didn't been, even interview anybody. Racial. Yeah. yeah. That's why I listen. So, I mean, I I think he can make it work with uh, Kyrie and Durant, but I think um, I think Kyrie is going to learn. I think he's going to get it because this guy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think I still Kyrie's just a big baby to me. He's a phenomenal player, but he's just he's so full of himself. You make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, but you have so much to complain about. Yeah, and the fucking world is not flat. <laughs> the world is not flat. Wow. He's telling you prove it. All right. Well, we'll we, we'll just have to wait and see what Steve Nash does. We do wish him all the best because he does have he does deserve. No, we shot. don't because we're Wizards fans. <laughs> we wish him the worst. What? He's in a, they're not in our division, are they? They're in, they're in they're the Eastern in Conference. Division. They're in the Eastern Conference. They're not in the division. Yeah. But I mean, but like he has a lot of he has a lot of positives or a lot of pluses going for him. Even still, we wish him the best in his we coaching want position. Popovich. We want Popovich. We want Popovich. On that note, we're going to do what? Yeah, yeah. So on that note, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll discuss <laughs> some more topics. This John needs to fire Scott Brooks. Wait, Let's wait, wait. Fire Scott Brooks. Let's I agree with that. There you know needs what's to be funny? one more vacancy. You know what's funny? When you look at the actual list of coaches, his name is at the bottom. Cut his ass. He's gone. <laughs> this Damn. is Sports and Things. We'll be back, people. Have a hot take for the Sports and Things team? Want to hit us debate your subject? Send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Now back to this week's episode. And welcome back to everybody. This is Sports and Things. Um, before we get into the entertainment and the music portion of the show, I just wanted to mention that Serena Williams won her Master Day 6264 at the US Open, and she's going yeah. for her 24th tying Grand Slam. Um, so we wish her the best, and we want to see her do this. She's Serena's 39 this year? I think she? she's 39. I think she's 39 this year. So, you know, she's she's and she's third. She's ranked, I think she's ranked number nine in the world, but she's third 
at the U.S. Open. So she has a really good shot. She has a really good shot to win it all and to tie. And hopefully she'll finish out the season with another Grand Slam. And then she'll be the all-time winningest champion in tennis, male or female. So mm-hmm. we wish her all the best with that. Moving on, in entertainment news, we lost. Oh, no, let's let's do sports first because we lost a, a legend in the D.C. area, Georgetown head coach John Thompson. And we also lost Chadwick Bozeman in the last couple of days. So I want you guys to kind of give your thoughts about what it what those two guys meant and what it what it meant to you to kind of lose those guys. Um, John, you can start. Well, so um, I don't have a direct affiliation with him, but my best friend Aaron was the director of the pet bed at Georgetown University for eight years. So he was um, he was kind of uh, rubbing elbows with John Thompson III when he was the head coach there. So he often at oftentimes got to meet John Thompson. And when I got to sit in with the pet band, I got to meet John Thompson. Um, John Thompson is, his heart is as big as he is. He is a very, very large man. Um, he was what people call the original Black Panther in that he was very, very supportive of young uh, Black athletes uh, in this area and trying to recruit them to come to Georgetown. And he really didn't give a fuck about whites a lot because I think at that time he felt like whites were dom- trying to dominate um, everything and trying to profit off of black athletes. And he wanted to change the narrative. This dude lost in the NCAA championship to Michael Jordan when he was a freshman and then went on to win with Patrick Ewing. All of his players, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe a large percentage of his players, he convinced to finish out their college uh, education and not forego their final two or one years to go into the NBA. He convinced all of them to stay all four years, most of them. He saved Allen Iverson's life uh, from prison and He didn't really like the media all that much. He was very, very hard to read and he did it on purpose because he felt like the media would try to fool the players when they were interviewing the players. He would try to fool the players into saying things that they didn't really mean. So he would either tell them to not say shit or he would tell them to say very, very little and speak um, in short sentences. But with all that said, he is a staple in the DC community. He's going to be greatly missed. And um, uh, I'm just very, very happy that I had a chance to meet the guy. So rest in peace, John Thompson. And uh, Chadwick Bozeman. Yeah, I mean, uh, Howard University grad. Um, I went to Howard, graduated in 2003. I never met Chad there, but... um, what do you say about a guy who, you know, recorded half a dozen films while he was going through stage three cancer? Mm-hmm. And what do you say about the people who made fun of him and were trolling him about his look, not knowing what he was going through? Um, he, he just speaks volumes and not just because he's passed away. I mean, look at the impact that he had when he made Black Panther. 
I mean, that movie grossed so high for a black superhero. We've never had that before at all. So rest in peace to an HU alum, a phenomenal actor and just a great person, you know, through and through. So we'll see you up there. I'll be, I'll, I'll be joining you soon since I'm 78. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Jay Hill. Um, to me, like Georgetown was, was everything DC. Like it represented everything from the colors to just even like the, the big East, like work ethic. Cause it was all like hardcore in the paint. They had twin towers. Like that shit was just like unheard of. They had Dikembe and morning. Like the the type of players that he was developing to go to the league, like Morning was always my favorite over Shaq. And it was just one of those, like you can tell his character was like, he definitely instilled in people, like you ain't gotta be loud, just let your work do the talking. You know, don't don't worry about anything else. Let your play, your play is gonna answer all the critics. So like like what John was saying, they didn't do interviews because it was no need. The game is gonna show you what, what I have to say. So he's definitely gonna be missed. Um, even though he was out of the real spotlight for some time because his son had taken over, um, he was still influenced. Like he was still recruiting. <laughs> like you still would go to Georgetown because he had something to say about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a void in DC with him gone. Uh, yeah. I mean, as, that, that, I mean, that was like, just, just to piggyback off of what you said real quick, Jay, like he and um, Wes Unsell, those are like the staples of, uh, of our sports guys of the last generation of really good basketball. Yeah. So losing both of them in the same yeah, year is crazy. Yeah. Um, with Chadwick, that was just like unexpected because everybody of course is thinking it's for a role or something like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, um, he was actually sick. He wasn't just losing weight for a role or something like that. So that's just weird in itself. Cause like you, you really don't expect that. I mean, in all honesty, he pretty much is the same age as, as me. So like that's really eerie and like just unbelievable to even think about. And when I watched the five bloods, which is one of the last ones he made, he made another one that's supposed to be released soon on, I think on Netflix, but they're delaying it. Um, but it, it's, it's just surreal to see this dude was, or to think this dude was dealing with all of this. And like I saw an interview from one of the dudes that was in the five bloods and he was talking about how, how um, he thought Chad was very pretentious because on the yeah. set when they were shooting it, like he got emotional when he was saying this, but he said on the set when they were shooting it in between takes, he's getting massaged, he's getting all of this. And now he's putting it together. They were taking care of him. Yeah. Like that's, that's unreal. Cause you never know, like your perception, you only seeing Dang, this dude, every time every time they yell cut, he running back to the trailer to get a massage or get something done. Like they pampering him. Damn, all right. Oh, he's sick. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you just don't know. You yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, it's that like changes it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he said, and he said, I felt bad for even having those thoughts, but that's how your perception, 
you know, played tricks on you. It was like, nah. You well, just especially don't know. he's he's a guy. This is the um, um, Peters that played Lester Freeman in The Wire. Like mm-hmm. this dude, mm-hmm. yeah. dude is a lot older than Chadwick. Yeah. So he's looking, why is yeah. this young dude getting all this pampering yeah. and he can't yep. hang? You know, he's thinking like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a big loss. But he definitely left left some some really good work for us to hold on to and to like literally know you you have no idea what else he could have done, but what he did was really great and meaningful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Trey. Yeah. So uh, start with John Thompson. Um, uh, everybody's kind of said it all, but, you know, I'll repeat it, you know, definitely a legend in this area and the Georgetown teams that a lot of the Georgetown teams that he was great. I was coming up as a kid. So, um, my impressionable years, I saw, you know, John Thompson, a strong black man leading a, a, a group of black men out there and, until I got older, old enough to start looking at college, did I realize that Georgetown wasn't a school full of black people because hmm, he had right. all those young men out there playing ball. Um, and um, it it's just like that is a legendary basketball program. And it's really, I feel like it's because of him. And um, he did so much for the players. And, and everyone's already talked about it for their personal lives. And their character and just teaching them, he's raising them like they're his sons. Um, and so I think that he did what God put him on this earth to do because he didn't just win basketball games. And some of the things that we enjoy can be superficial when they're just, you know, fun and entertainment. But he did things that changed and impacted people's lives. Uh, and so that's noteworthy. And so he leaves here leaving a legacy behind uh, with that uh, because those men not only are basketball players or whatever, but you got the guys who didn't go to the NBA and this, even the ones who did, who are going to be raising their own sons and daughters that he impacted their lives. And so there's a legacy that goes behind. He's almost like a father, you know, a big grandfather to these, these, these people, um, you know, for, for years to come. So he, he definitely, uh, he definitely did his job here on earth. And um, Chadwick, same thing. I mean, I think the theme is here. It's two guys, two brothers, that did their thing here on earth, much different, you know, in the time frame. Um, and like Jay touched on, it's scary to think, uh, the, you know, being close, uh, to our age, uh, you know, he's gone like that, but at the same time, it's very inspiring and also, uh, kind of feel a little guilty about sometimes when, when, you know, I might, uh, 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 you know, be a little down on myself. This guy had every reason to give up, to quit, to have an excuse, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, so um, it's kind of like a lesson learned that as long as God is waking you up in the morning, you need to be doing what, what it is that, you know, you're here you're to capable. do. Capable, yeah. Regardless capable. of the circumstances, you just got to gotta push because um, it can be done. And I guess, you know, having somebody prove that it can be done uh, it, it is uh, is an inspiration. So two inspirational guys. Um, and so they leave here, and they I think they left well. So, you know, it's sad and, 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 and it's happy at the same time because you got to leave, and if you leave, you leave good, you know, leave strong. Yeah. And I think they both did, so. 
Yeah, I think leaving a mark that is inspiring in a career that is somewhat awe-inspiring is is what these two gentlemen had to to offer as their gifts to the world. And you know, just to kind of piggyback on whatever what you brothers have said already, it's it's untimely as it is, you know, and with everything going on in the world right now with uh, Corona and, you know, like the racial tensions, I think these two serve as beacons of light and hope for our communities and, and for the world uh, in general, like, you know, they, to, to, to have a type of work ethic, knowing that you were sick and to hide it, you know, to, to keep, to, to not want the pity of other people, like, and not want people to, to like be like, oh man, and you know, you you're you know, to like kind of like coddle you in that regard. Like, you know, let me do this work, let me finish this work, you know, is for Chadwick's uh position is a very strong position and it, it leaves a very strong message, like, you know, no no matter what you're going through, like you can still persevere and you can still work through it through through the the presence and the power of God and you know, and he always he was, I mean, he was going to hospitals visiting kids who had terminal cancer and not saying anything about his, his own condition, you know, like that's, you know, and cause he wanted to be a beacon of light for, I, I heard one story where he, he went to visit some kids at the hospital and the kids wanted to, they, you know, they passed away before they could actually see the, the Black Panther movie. And, you know, and he was so hurt by that. And, you know, because he knew what he was going through, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm that's that's a powerful thing you know like that he went to go see these kids you know and he he was pushing he was pulling for these kids to kind of just to be able to see that type of presence on film and to see uh black power represented in such a positive light you know and and to 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 for him to be that beacon of light for so many people and so many kids and like just you know I don't know if you guys saw uh, when Jimmy uh, it was a Jimmy it was Jimmy Fallon had uh, had him on the show and they were doing like the post interviews of people who went to go see the movie and they were backstage kind of hiding out and they were just talking to the image of Black Panther uh, and all yeah. the things that people said about how the movie made them feel and he would come out after they said what they said and like you know that moment of them the outpour, not even him coming out from behind, but the outpour of positive emotions from a film hasn't happened like that in a long time. So, you know, for that to be the thing that he left, you know, us, I think that's super powerful. And enough can't be said about John Thompson and what he did for this community, for Blacks as a whole, as one of the few winning is winning is black coaches in college, you know, like, and for him to like, to, to not buckle on any of his beliefs and um, his ideals and to, to, to hold ground like that and to be at a, a private white institution doing it. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like that means that says a lot about what that institution institution thought about him mm-hmm. and how they revered him as a positive force in the community and what he represented as a whole. Um, I watched the interview with, with him and George Michael 
um, from the eighties. You can tell it was old, you know, whatever. And it, it, George Michael basically is like, how do you feel about people calling you a racist? He was like, people can call me what they want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for them. I'm not here for their judgment. At the end of the day, I'm here for these kids. And I, he, he was talking about how he's never been a man to back down. He's never contradicted himself. He's, he's always been about his, his main goal and that's the kids. And, you know, the kids that he's trying to kind of push through the program and try to see succeed. Like his graduation rate of kids coming out of Georgetown is almost unmatched. You know, like the one and done system didn't work with John Thompson. Like you had to go through the program. I mean, with the exception of like some players, like, you know, the, the phenom that Allen Iverson was. But again, if you watch the Allen Iverson documentary that you can find on Showtime or whatever they're showing it, John Thompson went and got Allen Iverson out of a situation where he was supposed to go to jail. He went and he spoke up for this kid, you know, and it's like, you know, outside of Allen Iverson being a phenom and all that stuff, nobody was willing to do that. No other coach was willing to go there and be like, you need to give this kid a shot. He's, He's in a situation where you picked him because of who he is and because of where he's from. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for this kid and I'm going to show you what you can do when you, when you fight for somebody and you believe in somebody as a person, not as a talent, but as a person. And, you know, Alan Iverson thanked John Thompson immensely when he passed away. Like, the first post that went out was like, you saved my life because he really did go out and yeah. save his life. And that's the, that that's shit the was emotional, man. Yeah. Like, and that that's, that's one story out of many stories that people have about John Thompson and his dedication to black kids all around the world. And, you know, and using basketball as a tool to teach, not like as a way to say, you can make all this money, you can do all this stuff. It's a tool to teach fundamentals about life like teamwork hard work dedication so i think we we lost two giants in our community but we also gained two spirits to kind of watch over us as we move forward as a as a whole so rest in peace to both chadwick bozeman and john thompson uh sincere condolences out to both of their families and you know the hardships that they have to go through in the coming weeks um Moving on, this on a more lighthearted subject. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy versus Monica. They set records with their verses. I think they got up to 1.2 million views on their verses last week. I was Did not any- one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my first question. Did anybody watch it? Oh, negative. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. No, I didn't watch it. I watched it okay. in the beginning. I watched, I've watched maybe the first two songs, maybe three. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess... The, the, I, the problem that I have with these verses is that they're not battles. That's why I had a problem with yeah. the Jill Scott, Erica Badu. Well, that, was, because, well, that was her... Yeah, I mean, that was Brandy's uh, stipulation for doing it. That was her condition. She's like, I'll do it, but it can't be a battle. It has to be a celebration of us. See, that's what I, that shit is whack, man. Like that's I, the R and B. That's the R and B thing. Oh man, R and B doesn't R and B doesn't really battle. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not I, I, like the DMX Snoop Dogg thing. I felt even though it was in good nature, I felt like it was more of a battle because the people who were on the chat were actually keeping score. Like when DMX when DMX uh, hit him with the uh, his 
his most popular joint, the um but uh, you gotta remember it is the genre, John. It's the genre. Well more importantly than the genre, we would I would argue that there are not enough hits that Monica can play that would be able to compete with Brandy. That's what I'm saying. That's that's where that's where <laughs> I was going. That's where I was going. I I just feel like it's. I mean, I would say the same thing about Snoop and DMX. That I I agree. That but wasn't I fair. Think, yeah, but, but wasn't I think, fair. But I think, but I think the the amount of hits that they both had, or not even just the hits, but the amount of songs that we all forgot that each of them performed on was enjoyable. But what made it enjoyable was their banter back and forth. There was no banter between Erica and Jill. There's not going to be any. It was I like mean, it a was banter. It was like it was, no, they were. It was a kumbaya. They were talking. They were. They were. Yeah, again, it's, it's the, the genre. They were supporting the each other. They, it was more like a. Um, that's what I'm saying. Instead I'm, of I'm, like talking trash, they were more or less like, "Girl, yeah, I like that song." That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what I was. That's why I thought it was yeah. whack. Because you know, it's funny. I'm not. I'm not saying. And that they should go at each other. I'm not saying that they should be fighting, but I just felt like if it's a versus, like the re- the whole reason it's called versus, it's because it's one person versus another. It, to me, a versus yeah. is not necessarily supposed to be about lifting e- lifting in each other. I mean, you can maybe at the end. It's like it's like it's like a game. Like when you but do a it professional was- game, you hate the person until the end of the game, and you have a lot of respect for the, for, yeah. for for what happened. You you're right, but they was being authentic. It was Erica Badu and Jill Scott lifting that up sisters and authentic. all that. That's who they are. That's yeah, but authentic. you know what's funny about the Erica Badu Jill Scott uh, one is that the the thing that was funny to me was like when you went to Jill's page and watched from Jill's page, it was both had, of them. But when you went to Erica's page, it was just her. It was just her. <laughs> so she's like, "It's a versus," but I need my fans to just watch me, <laughs> like. Right. Yeah, you DJ cool too. I'm a DJ. You cool. So I'll do you this. cool. You know, and, you know that's, that's why she was like, because at one point she was like, I'm not gonna talk for every song. I'm not gonna intro every song because that's just kind of that kills the vibe. And and Jill was like, Well, I'm I will. Like, do you, girl? I'm not gonna do that though. That's not how I. That's not like, how I flow. She was like, Do you? And stop double saying. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah, let's, let's mean, get you off my screen. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, but maybe it, it is. Maybe it is a genre, Jay. But I I just felt like. I just felt like it was just kind of like weak salt. Like because of, of of what I witnessed with Jill and Erica, I had no interest in the Monica Brandy versus. I only watched like maybe like five minutes of the Jill and Erica one. I think I was playing at the time, so I didn't really get that one. A, a oh, really I gave good. it a chance. I was in it for about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. I was so waiting yeah, for something to happen. Yeah, you got it. You got it. John but, was sitting back there with his popcorn talking about soft. <laughs> yeah. But with the with the Brandy and Monica one, I did notice that it felt like when they, they were told they were playing their top 20 or their 20 songs that, you know, That's most influential songs. Yeah. But once you got past like song five, you didn't really recognize anything that Monica played. Like, <laughs> like it was, it was like Brandy was hitting her, hitting her full moon, you know, first album, never say never, whatever the albums are. And then like you, Brandy and Monica got like, she played a couple of joints and then she played like two songs I'd never even heard before. And you heard you heard Brandy be like, "Oh no no no, I know, I know that song, I, I, I know that song." Like, Shit. <laughs> she's like, "You might not have heard this song before." She's like, "No no 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 no, I, I know it." Yeah, right. nigga, we don't know it. What song right. is that? What album is that on? I don't know what album that's on. Like, I know that song. How? I just recorded it. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to help you. 
shut <laughs> up. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> and then they, they were doing this thing where they were like kind of talking around each other's like controversy. It's like Brandy said at one point, she's like, you know, I know, I know the things that you kind of went through, you know, and I was following. And then Monica said in return, she's like, I kind of know some of the stuff that you went through, but I, I wasn't really following that. Like everybody know what Brandy went through with the controversy, like, the, yeah. the the manslaughter charge and all everybody yeah. it, it's not it's that's not, not news yeah it's like she got through it it's fine but like it, even like in terms of like the way it was set up the structure of it was like I was just I, two things I did I watched a piece of it when it was actually happening and then I went back and listened to it just on Apple Music and it was so vastly different from listening to it. As opposed to watching it, like I felt like you have to watch something like that to even stay engaged in it. Because like they're not playing full songs; they're playing like the first verse into the chorus, and then they're jumping off the songs, and then they're talking about it, or they're talking about the next thing. And like I, I agree, I think a versus should be a versus. Like you should be out there to try to like compete. Like I have the better songs, may the best man or woman win. And at the end of it, we shake hands, but let the people decide who would who was the victor in this versus battle. The problem, the problem now is there's too much stop and go. If you just submitted your 20 songs to a DJ and you submitted your 20 songs to a DJ and he did the transitions and everything, we're done. It don't have to be a three-hour event. Yeah, that was three hours and like 40 minutes too. Like it don't nah, have to be all like that though. Like, I mean, like we I, I mean the thing that was different about Snoop and 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 uh DMX is they were kind of performing the shits. That's the thing that made it so cool too. Like DMX is rapping some of his shit. Well, I mean, they yeah. were doing that too. They would they would they would let the songs fade out and the girls would sing the end of the, the telling of the songs. Not the same. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> all right, so so Let's to, to wrap this up because nobody really watched it except for me, and I didn't watch more than twenty minutes of it. Let's do versus battle, and we'll segue that into artists of the week. Who is your ultimate versus battle? Who do you want to see battle, or who would you want music to see battle all time? And I'll start with any, many, miny Trey. I already told you, man. Joe, Joe Jackson and Ike Turner, man, because they Yo, got all the hits. Shut up, man. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey man oh uh i don't know so this I mean, is this is living or dead like oh yeah, yeah, uh, oh yeah oh living or dead they can, they can still play the music they don't have to be there they can still be like spin the music and see who's music michael playing. jackson and prince of course that's the ultimate glad who, i got to go first who who yeah. gets to who i want to see john coltrane and charlie parker <laughs> Yo, mute yourself, bro. Uh, yeah. mute yourself. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Jay? Um, Stevie Wonder versus Marvin Gaye. But is that really fair? Who's talking about fairness here? Stevie it's a got versus. a lot more time. Stevie got a lot more time to work than Marvin Gaye did. But you only get 20. Yeah, but like six of Marvin's songs are the same changes. Oh. I mean, you talking about changes or you talking about like Practice. Well, I mean, okay. If if you did Stevie, I would have to say you would have to do Songs of the Kid Life versus Here My Dear or something like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh Jay, uh, I said Jay John. Oh man. Uh this is tough. 
Wow. Um, I have two, but I feel like they're not even very good. The first one I was thinking of was a tribe called Quest and De La Soul. Um, De La, they don't have a whole lot of hits, but they have a lot of song, very well known songs. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could hold up with Tribe. Um, but my other one, damn, Nirvana and the Foo Fighters. Ooh. Interesting. I like that one. I like that one because you got one person that is in both. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they grow. And that's, yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember um, Very interesting. when Nirvana, when, when uh, you know, when uh, Kurt Cobain passed away and they were trying to, I guess, I saw an interview or something with Dave. They did that. They, they did that. They had a documentary on HBO about the Foo Fighters. And he was talking about um, what he was going to do. Or something like it was like, what am I going to do now? And oh, like, right, oh, right, 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 right. I'll play guitar and I'll sing. Right. And they were like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I'll he do was it. doing that before Kurt Cobain passed away. He was he was making his own music, and and Kurt he wanted Kurt to hear it. He was really interested in Kurt's opinion, mm. and they had a Nirvana had a recording session, and Kurt was late. And Dave was playing a, a demo of one of his songs for the engineer. And Kurt walked in and Dave says, press stop, press. He said, hit stop. And Kurt walked in and he was like, he was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and the engineer was like, oh, that's Dave's new stuff. He's like, your new stuff. It's like, you're recording music. He's like, play that shit. And Dave just kind of like sat down and put his head down in his hands, just like embarrassed. And they listened to the whole song. And then he looked at Dave and he was like, he's like, dude, stand up, stand up, stand up and stop crying. And he like stood up and Kurt gave him like the biggest hug. And he was like, I fucking love it. Now let's go record. (laughs) (laughs) And he said that was the moment where he was like, I can do the right thing. Yeah, Yeah. I can do this. I remember that. Validation, man, is is something else, man. Especially validation of your peers. Like that's 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 big. You know, you know what I, who I want to see, I would want to see, and this is, <laughs> I would want to see, nineteen sixties miles versus nineteen seventy seven miles, like right when miles came back. And uh, I thought you were gonna say nineteen sixties miles against nineteen eighties Winton. Nah, nah, nah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's where I thought he was going. I like. I want to see Miles Davis versus Bleak Gillian <laughs> before he got his lip busted. <laughs> oh my uh, God! Wow. Damn. <laughs> you, know, you know. Oh, Max sorry, bands though. <laughs> bands like I want to see now. Okay, this this I don't know if this is fair at all. But Earth, Wind, and Fire versus nineteen ninety to two thousand mint condition. No, no, that's not. I don't know about that. Mint condition is. I mean, mint condition. Like, wait, wait, wait. They ain't no Earth, Wind, and Fire, bro. They're not. Hear me, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Mint condition is probably one of the most slept-on musical groups of all time. They are. For a yeah. reason. If you're comparing them to Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah, I'm going you, to bed. 
No, we're not comparing them to that. I'm saying, <laughs> saying they, don't have, they don't have the same caliber of hits, but what the heck? Musically, they were pretty dope in their own right. Their they music is not as intricate as Earth, Wind, and Fire, though, man. You know that. Depends on what record you're talking about. They had some hits. Like they had some they had some interludes on some of those records that were pretty dope, bro. Are we talking about hits though, or are we just talking about bands that could go at each other? Yeah, I'm Do talking about bands that could hits? go at each other. Yeah, we're yeah. not talking about the hits records. Like we go. If you if you like Verdine White is my man, but he's cool, but he's not like, nah, you know. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice White, Maurice White for me is the guy that, that made Earth Wind and Fire. Like Maurice White was the guy. I mean, he is EWF. Right. Without yeah. Maurice. Philip Bailey too. Right. Yeah, but I mean Yeah, but yeah. without Maurice. Yeah. Like, let's be realistic. Of course. Yeah. Maurice Phil White Bailey, is a musician Phil, and Bailey is a Scotty Pippen, according so, to Richard. <laughs> 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 Here we go. Tony We're Kukos. about to start talking about animals <laughs> again. It's Tony Kukos. We're <laughs> talking Bailey, about anyway. goats and stuff. Anyway, so <laughs> you said what? Is that Stokely? Is Philip Bailey Stokely? Is that what we're doing? Bailey they kinda, Stokely. They kind of sound like. So that's the. That's the. You know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to wrap it up, we'll we'll end up with artists of the week, uh, and we'll start with Jay Hill. So um, the wonderful thing about Apple, iTunes, is you can always see what your friends are listening to. If you, if you have friends, that is. If you you got to have friends first. Um, <sighs> so I happened to stumble upon a new release because I didn't know when it was coming out. But the Locks dropped a new album. The, the Locks? What? Locks. Yo, I didn't know that. Me neither. It, and it's not bad. It is not bad. So oh, damn. my right. is LOX, Rough Riders. It doesn't help that I was watching a documentary on BET too, so yeah, but <laughs> it's it's uh it, it it feels good to have some familiar rap coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody heard Nas's record? Just just to kind of jump in real quick. Yes, I clicked, and it's, it's, I it's like not it. bad. I clicked it to my li- library, but I haven't um it's yeah, not bad to it yet. It's not a bad record. It, it does it does, it does feel like if to me it feels like, like I listened to the whole thing, I listened to it again, but to me it did kind of feel like it 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 was dragging on. Um because he doesn't have like a lot of bangers. So you're kind of I mean, he is a storyteller, so you gotta really be in the mindset that I'm gonna be here for a minute. Cause you gotta get. I'm gonna be here for a minute. <laughs> Cause you gotta focus on on his on his real lyricist, like his lyricism, and know that it's a story being told. Got it. Got it's it. not a very long album. It's only like less than forty minutes. But Hit Boy did his thing on this he one. Did like, he, Hit, he Hit did Boy like has had ninety. He did like yeah. He did like ninety percent of those joints. Yeah. Um, oh, you know we also have a homie that worked on the record too. Um, uh, what's my man's name? Hold up. I'm gonna I'm tell you because he worked with Hit Boy on the first on the on the title on the first song on the record. Where's the group? Oh, Pat. From North oh, Carolina. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat yeah, worked yeah. on the record. Like so, shout oh, out to cool. Pat, um, Pat Junior, um, for working on that record. I was just curious yeah. if anybody heard it. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. it's. I like it. I like it. So Jay Hill picked his. Uh, we go John Lane next. Uh, I'm gonna go with Whitey again this week. I went with Steely Dan last week. You said white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, my artist of the week is <laughs> this, a fellow drummer. This uh, composer. Art Blakey. Um, Dave Weckle. 
<laughs> no, uh, but I was a Dave Weckl fan back in the day. Uh, I'm Bruce going with Lewis, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis Cole is my artist of the week. Oh, He's yeah, yeah, a okay. guy out of L.A. Um, our boy Ari, who's a sound engineer, uh, did a lot of engineering for them when they were touring last year. He's a phenomenal artist. He wrote a lot of Thundercats songs. Um, and he has an album that came out in 2018, I believe, um, that is spectacular. Uh, and he's all recorded in his bedroom. He recorded the drums with two Radio Shack cheap mics, according to Ari. Um, so go check him out. He has a ton of YouTube videos, too, that are pretty weird. But, you know, he's a white boy. So um, Lewis Cole is my artist of the week. Right. Um. So my artist of the week is Apple. Hmm. Um, Apple. Fiona? No, Apple. Computer. Okay. Um, so Apple has, um, they had their Beats One radio station. They have now branched off from that. Um, they renamed Beats One to Apple One. They kind of shunning the Beats brand a bit. They named it Apple One. But they also came out with two more stations. Uh, one is Apple Music Country, which I haven't listened to yet. Uh, the other one is called Apple Music Hits. That is what my artist of the week is. Apple Music Hits radio station. I was in here with my kids and was jamming to, they have the 90s stuff, they'll do the 2000s stuff, they had the 80s. It was like really cool. So it's all hmm. like hits from back in the day. Uh, it's it's kind of like an oldie wow. station, right, so, got but it, got you it. know, right. yeah. It, but it's pretty cool. They got some good programming on there, you know. So um, definitely uh, check that out. You know, all all of us iPhone people, it's part of your Apple Music. You go in there, and you know, you got three sections to pick from. You can pick Apple Music Hits and 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 Jam. So nice, Ooh. nice. Uh, I think my artist of the week is I'm going to go Whitey too, but. <laughs> um <laughs> is an artist named Mac Ayers. Um, I don't know if you guys are hip to Mac Ayers, but he has a couple records out. Um, he's a super dope artist, soul singer, guitarist. Um I I, I actually got hip to one of his records. Uh it was called uh Lonely on the record Slow Job that came out in 2017. And then I went back and backtracked his, his discography. And, you know, he he's he's kind of touted as the new king of baby making music. But he I think he's a dope artist. The, the tunes are super cool. Um, so my artist of the week would be Mac Ayers. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's how we wrap up this week, fellas. Uh, again, this is Sports and Things. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. How did you leave that, that out? My, that was my artist of the week. Let it run. You, you're supposed to finish it. You got to finish the whole thing. Yeah. We ain't got the rights to that. We ain't yeah, got yeah. the rights to that. Don't have the rights. Neither does he. Neither does he. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't get to hit a gang bang in. No. 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 <laughs> All right, all right. Well, this has been fun. This has been real. Uh, again, I'm Dennis Turner along with Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and John Lane. This is Sports and Things. Make sure you check us out. 
every week on every podcast site that you can find us on uh, Apple Music Spotify you know etc cetera, etc cetera. also on Twitter at I at IZ Sports and on Instagram at Sports underscore and underscore things with two Z's um, also on Facebook at Sports and Things as well you can find us on all those places and until next week uh, thanks for tuning in Jill. peace peace uh, 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 yeah. We got the vibe on deck, bro. Four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go. Deke Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos. Podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things. From rookies who ball to vets who about to get more rings, plus more things. Like a jam session or something. Yeah. Then we beefing cause our favorite team, John like slumming, John like pumping. Over podcasts and steady every O. You want more than that whole hum, so here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or astro turf with balls and cleats like that jaw. Talking sports and things, talking sports and things. Priest the nomad, uh, talking sports and things. We're talking sports and things. D Turner, John Lane, talking sports and things. Baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Drake Hill, talking sports and things. Talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.